Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Two strange things about this passage that just don't happen back then or didn't happen back then. Jesus says, follow me. And then he also says, I'll make you fishers of men. Rabbis back then didn't invite people to follow them. People followed them and and kind of quietly behind. They also, rabbis didn't involve them. You just kind of watched, watched them do. So Jesus is is going to them. Jesus found them, said, hey, you two follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, come be with me, and, and participate in what's going on here. There's an equipping piece. We talked about that last week where a leader equips, makes you all that God's called you to be. Um, And then there's a sending piece, an adventure piece where Jesus invites us, hey, be part of the work that I'm part of. Get involved in this. God invites and he involves. We're going to look at the second part most today, the make you fishers of men. But I want us to look at that first invitation, follow me, because We spent a lot of time about a year ago, a little over a year ago, on a thing called, remember this? Follow me. And we looked at at key relationships that that we need to have. If we're going to really be serious about following Jesus, then we look at uh, key relationships, and we also look at um, key behaviors. So this, this command that Jesus says, follow me, is not just a, you know, it's an instant choice, but it's a process. It's a long, drawn-out apprenticeship with Jesus. And those, those key relationships are, first off, Jesus is in charge. He's, in, he's the Lord. He's king. And you need a relationship with Jesus. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, you become a new creation. You become a child of God. You're born again. You're adopted. And so your identity changes and, and your relationship with who you are with God. And then you, you look at the other relationships are, who are you walking with? Who are you learning from? Who are your peers? And who are you caring for? That's what it means to follow Jesus, is have these kinds of relationships. Then it also means having different behaviors. Behaviors, first of all, submitting to whatever God has, because he's the king. And then you also spend time in prayer. You spend time in service. You spend time in worship. And you spend time telling the good news. So this invitation that we've looked at quite a bit, follow me, is what Jesus is saying. Follow me, and then we just wrote them on here. What are the key behaviors? What are the key relationships? If you want some of those, we've got extras of those. Then we also spent time this year, okay, if it means following Jesus, what does that specifically mean? And Jesus answers that saying, you know what? If you're going to follow me, you got to be all in. And we picked a poker chip because it's a gambling thing. Like your life is a gamble. Spend it wisely, and you say, I'm going to be all in, and the only way to be all in is to love God with everything you have and everything you are. Spend a lot of time looking at that, and then out of that, 
flows the ability, the abundance to love people, to love your neighbor as yourself. So we use this as a reminder, and we use this as a reminder because we as a church take very seriously Jesus' invitation to follow him and be all in. Does that make sense? We remember that? So now today, looking at that with that in mind, okay, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus with everything I got. I'm going to follow him 100% in. Then he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to teach you, equip you, coach you to catch people. You think fishing is fun? People catching is amazing. Let's pray. God, um, you break the rules. You make up the rules. You break our rules that we make up that are silly. Whether they're religious ones, cultural ones, all kinds of things that we set up. As a teacher, you came and you called your followers. And as a teacher, you involved your followers. You gave away your work to them. And you've invited us into the same exact opportunity. You call us and you invite us. We've been singing to you. We've been singing about you, praying to you, seeking you. Um, and now we ask that you teach us. Make your scriptures clear that we would understand that our hearts would be moved and that we'd go in response and live it by your power. In Christ's name, amen. So last week, if you couldn't tell, when we were um, talking about trusting leadership and um, leaders are to love the church, and I love that. There's an equipping piece, a coaching and caring for one another that's really, really exciting, and it's kind of a love. I said love is focused inward into we're the body of Christ, so we're loving one another, and that gives validation and integrity when we go out and love other people because they say, hey, they love each other. There's something about them, and they will listen to someone that has integrity versus if they see us fighting all the time, <laughs> they don't want to be a part of that, right? It, it, it really damages the message. And one of the key roles of a pastor and leaders is to equip, to coach, to make you um, all that God has called you to be. And, and part of that coaching has to do with coaching how to fish, right? And this is what Jesus is saying, what he's doing. I'm going to make you fishers of men, how, how to catch people. So what we looked at um, is just to key this off, to, to bring back to mind was there's a scripture. One of the most important scriptures in all of scripture are Jesus' parting words in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, where he gives, it, it was the, you know, again, I've read this so many times, we all need to hear it. It's an invitation and a command to, um, I'll just read it. You have that? Yeah. Go therefore and make disciples, cultivate followers, I like, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So part A is make disciples by baptizing, which, which is the whole point of evangelism. You bring people into relationship with God, and, and they make that public, and that's the start. And then you teach them to obey. So help them to say yes to all that God's called. That's the part we're talking about that we do inside the church. And this, this um, part of going out is the first part. So he says, do these things. Bring people to me, catch people, and then build them up. Then just a little bit later in Acts chapter 1... He says, um, he gives a little bit more direction, I'd say. 
Uh, verse 8, he says, but you will receive power. So Jesus is literally leaving earth, and he says these parting words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So our call as a church and you personally as a follower of Jesus Christ is to do that. Do what? Baptize and teach. Do what? Be my witnesses all over the place. And he gave four different places that he said to be witnesses. And I don't think it's a coincidence when he talks to these fishermen that he's going to make them fishers of men. I, anybody else here like to fish? A few of you? Awesome. Well, we're talking about fishing today. Anybody here like to fish for people? There we go. So I thought of, there's, um, there's five general places. You could say ways, but I'm going to focus on places that you can catch a fish. Okay, and this will help illustrate because I think there's really good similarities in how you catch a fish and where you catch a fish to how you catch people for Jesus. All right, are you with me here? So the first way, and, and I grew up up in um, Ukiah, a couple hours north of San Francisco in a small town on a, in a house with a couple acres right next to a creek. And so I, as a young kid, learned how to catch trout out of this creek. And we always laughed because people would come... I don't know if they were from out of town or maybe further into the city, because we lived on the edge of the city, and they'd try to catch fish in our creek, and they'd bring a fishing pole. And you know what would happen? They'd try to cast the line, and they'd get their line caught up in all the trees, because the creek looks just like this. You see those trees and bushes everywhere? And, and they'd also go stomping through, because they didn't know where all the little trails were. They're stomping through the water as they're trying to catch fish, and you know what the fish do when you're stomping through the water? They just hide under the rock and it's over. You're never going to catch one of those fish. And so we would laugh at what they're doing because actually most of the time they're just spending time trying to get their lures out of the trees and frustrated and they wouldn't catch any fish. And this, I'll just call this as a Ukiah fishing pole. It's a little redwood branch, semi-straight, and you wrap the line around the end of the pole. The neat thing about these kinds of poles is they're short, you, you, don't, you know the pool, you don't have to, you don't really cast it, you just kind of swing it out, you get it over here, and you, probably a little bit longer, and you swing it out, bloop, and just drop it right in the pool, pool's like, you know, six feet around at the biggest. You, you drop your um, bait in there, and we like to get a size number 10 hook, and we would put a piece of cheddar cheese, you'd ball it up with your hand and, and surround the, the hook with that, and so um, that's method number one of how you catch a fish in a creek. And leave that picture up there. So those fish, the one I was catching, were rarely visited by people. No one, you know, like I said, the people from out of town, they didn't even know where half the fishing holes are. You'd have to hike way up in these mountains to find a certain hole. And then you have to creep really quietly. You have to go from downstream. To, I shouldn't tell you all how to do this. You're going to catch <laughs> You go from downstream to upstream, and, you, and the fish are usually pointed upstream, looking upstream so they don't see you, and then you got to be really gentle with your feet. As soon as you start walking around, they know something's up, and they're skittish, and they're not going to do it. You stick it in there, you get one, maybe two hits. If they've hit the bait and didn't bite it, they're not coming back. That's it. You, know, you have to move on to the next hole, and they're very skittish fish. And this is where Jesus is saying, 
go to Jerusalem. He's talking about home base. And a creek is a picture for us when it comes to catching people is home. It's the smallest location that you can think of. The people that you live with, maybe the people that you work with, maybe your closest friends, these are people that know you and trust you and are willing to see what bait you have out there. You got to be careful and you got to be quiet and you don't want to, you know, scare them off. But, but you know them. I knew that creek, and I knew those fish intimately, better than anybody. I knew how to catch those fish. You know those people in your life intimately that are close into you, that, that don't know the Lord, that you know their questions, you know where they're at, you know how to love them, and you can prayerfully ask for God to give you the right time to put the bait in front of them. The whole thing about this fish analogy, I should say this, it's good for the fish to be caught in this picture. It's the best thing that could ever happen to them, as opposed to the fish that I caught and ate. (laughs) So these fish want to be caught. The second kind of fishing is in a river. And here I got a little pole. And a river, actually it's pretty pretty easy to think about right here. A river is kind of like high street. We are on a river. You know how many people drive by our church? Zillions. Every day, they drive right by our church, and they, they, see, um, they, they see our church, and they, you know, do they wonder what's going on in there? Do they, do they have any idea? I think if people knew what was going on in here, they would want to be here, but they don't know. So we got to tell them. We got to lure them. I don't even know if this will work. working. So think about a river. There's lots of fish in it. And and unlike a creek, you just keep trying it. I just hit her in the leg. I don't seem to be catching anything, but but you could just keep trying. You just keep, you know, think about a river. You know, you can't be super loud, but but it's moving water and you can just sit there. I like it because, you know, you don't have to keep hiking around going to a new spot. You can just Keep on casting. I think I, I saw a fish go for it that time. I think I might get him this time. Because fish, especially these kind of fish, they want this. I'm doing my best. Yes. It hit. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Yes. Do you want to be born again? You can untear that tape and you can have that. Nice. Yeah, you got the prize. He got the bait. So when it comes to fishing in a river, this is kind of like your neighborhood. These are people that you run into that you would see maybe even every day, just all the time. These are people that you'd have a relationship, not a super close relationship, but you potentially could talk to them at any time. That's your river, Judea. The next one, this one I'm not a very good fisherman, admittedly at, is a lake. And this fishing pole is called an ugly stick. It's got a real sensitive tip, and it's great at catching fish in a lake. I'm not gonna, not gonna do this one. This one, this one can cast pretty far. Um, 
But a lake, in fact, I was asking our staff at our staff meeting this week, hey, how do you catch fish in a lake? Because I don't catch fish very well in a lake. And the question was, well, what kind of fish are you after? I'm like, I don't know, whatever one will bite. <laughs> that might be why you're not catching any. What time of day are you fishing? How deep is your line going? All these different questions that I just don't know about, about catching. I've caught a few fish in lake. I don't want to say never, but people that know how to fish in lakes, they say, well, what time of year? What time of day? How deep are you going? What kind of bait are you, after, are you using? What kind of lures? All that kind of stuff. And I think of a lake as a very a specialized, you know, a, I would think of like UCSC is a, like a lake. It's a specialized subculture. Or maybe there's a group that you're involved in. It's, it's Samaria in here where they're you know, similar enough that you can talk to, but you probably should do some research and get to know what they're like, what they're after, what you're going after, and, and be a little bit more intentional. How does this work, right? So that's a bigger area, a lake, and I mean, it could, it could be in a number of different um, cultures that you would be able to connect with or reach into. And then the scariest one is the ocean. I think I've only fished once or twice in the ocean. And my uh, father-in-law had this pole. I think he fished in San Francisco with it. It hardly bends. It's super strong. It's this old pole, like you, you could catch a whale with it, right, Moby Dick? <laughs> and you know the thing about fishing in the ocean, it's actually kind of scary. The reality is, if you go out a little ways, you could catch anything. You know, even if you just put in a little, you could catch a whale for all I know. And that, well, then what would you do? You know, people fish in kayaks, and, and that's one of the dangerous things about kayak fishing is they could hook something bigger than their kayak, and then, then what do they do? You know, hopefully cut the line or something like that. But where are the most fish? The ocean. You know, that's where most of the fish that we eat, they're all coming out of the ocean. And, and so um, it's a giant playing field. It's dangerous, but it's the most fish. And to me, it's the most exciting. And so when Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses, and he lists all these places, and then he says, to the ends of the earth, they had to just, the disciples probably go like, I don't even know what he's talking about. It's so big. And when we, we're fortunate to live right next to the ocean, and we realize how big it is, how scary. We're like, wow, that's a big, only God can do that, right? We need his help to do that. And then there's one last way of how you get a fish, how you catch a fish. And some of you might have thought of this. But it needs to be shared. You can get one at the store. You laugh. You don't have to catch it yourself. You can pay for it. And that's through support. You support your local church. You support missionaries that are amazing fishermen all over the world. You support organizations like when we do Operation Christmas Child, we're sending out packages all over the world. And sometimes you're like, you know, I can't, I can't even pack a box, but I can give money for someone else to pack a box, right? Or, or like I've worked a lot in camps, and camps are a great place for, for people to come to Christ, and they're specialized at that. They're very good at it, so you support those camps. Send kids on Oasis because they're going to hear the good news. There's these times to get away and hear these things. We can support. You can buy a fish in a sense. Does that make sense? Just by your support. So when it comes to fishing, when Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of men, it's much like real fishing. It's not just, just you got to be taught. And it's not just one kind of fish in one context. There's lots of different places and contexts to do it. So it takes really, a, I think, a lifetime to learn how to do it. 
And a church needs a coordinated effort. Sometimes it's you going out individually fishing. Sometimes we collectively say, how are we going to fish? What can we do? Now, studying this passage, I'm going to read the whole thing again. Actually, a couple more verses. I noticed something that was, I guess I would say it was hidden to me um, before I read it this week this way. So back to the invitation of um, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. Um, I didn't realize this, but they had uh, Jesus, uh, they'd followed Jesus before he called them here. It's in John chapter 1. They followed Jesus for a little while, but then they went back to their careers, and they went uh, to fishing. And then Jesus found them and said, hey, follow me, and I'll make your fishers of men, and they dropped their stuff, right? So that's the passage that I'll read. And then there's a second part that I'll read that'll make sense to you once I read it. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Now listen to this. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat was Zebedee, their father, um, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. There's a key word in there. There's two, two key verbs in there. The first one, when it comes to um, Peter and Andrew, they were what? Casting. They were actually fishing. And then he comes to these other brothers, and they were doing what? Mending. And you know, mending, katarismos is the Greek word, is the same word when I talked about last week that the pastor is to equip. Mending, coaching. So in this passage of invitation, Jesus is calling these disciples. Two of them are mending, and two of them are fishing. And there's a rhythm to that. I know as a fisherman, so when I go backpacking, just like this last summer, Marie and I went backpacking, I talked to you about it then, and I brought fishing, a fishing pole and a little bit of tackle. And when you go fishing up in the high mountains, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you got to hike to wherever you're going to with all your stuff, and then you set up your camp, and then when it's time to fish, you pull out all your gear, you set up your pole, because it's all packed away tight because you're backpacking. You set up your pole, you do all this, and you've, so you've hiked all of this distant spot. You're trying to get the right lures or bait to this spot. You put all your stuff together. You do your first cast, and it gets caught in a rock, or you, know, you break the line or something like this, and then you're, you look at your reel, and the spool is all tangled up. You're like, oh, I hiked up here for a couple days, and I set up this thing, and it's such a pain. And guess what you're doing when that happens? You're mending. You're, you're, you're straightening things out. Or maybe on your way up there, we're getting ready, you're reading some books about the area to say what kind of fish bite when at what, right? You're getting prepared. You're getting equipped. So a person that's going to be a fisherman or is a fisherman, they got two things going on, and I'd say they're a rhythm. There's mending and casting. Sometimes we're fishing. Sometimes we're being equipped. And some of that mending might be repair. So that's why we come into church is because we need repair or we need building up. We need teaching or we need comforting or care. Is that making sense? So the point of a church isn't just mending, not just coming in here and being comforted and encouraged and equipped. The point of the church isn't just fishing. If you fish all the time, that's why these guys, these other two disciples were mending because they used their nets and they ripped some holes in them. Maybe they caught huge fish or maybe they snagged them on stuff. I don't know. But they were mending their nets. 
And that's what we do as a church. We do this rhythm of mending and casting. We're doing them both. And that's what a follower of Christ does. We're, we're doing one or the other. And it's worth the effort. If you've ever fished before, the best feeling in the world is when you got your line out there, and then what happens at the end of the pole? Ding, ding. And your heart just goes, <gasps> right? And that's just catching a fish. You know, when, if you've had the privilege or the joy of praying with someone or leading someone to Christ and saying, you know, when the lights go on, say, oh my gosh, I now know who God is, your heart skips a beat. I can't think of a better feeling, frankly. Like when someone sees who the Lord is, when someone is born again, that's the greatest, right? And yet, it's not just a moment that happens all the time. There's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of work that goes into catching a person. And then there's a lot of work. Once they're caught, a lot of training, you, you know? Imagine, you know, a fish, it's good for them to be pulled out of the water, but they can't live on their own. You, you got to take care of that. You got to put it in a tank. You know, this, this starts to break down in a while, but, you know, you have to take care of the new person, the new baby born in Christ. The thrill is worth it. Jesus, the image of Jesus, there's two, the most popular images. Number one is that he's a shepherd, and that's where he's caretaking it. Number two, fisherman, right? So one is a caretaker. The other one's kind of an adventure hunter. You know, he left the 99 to go find the one. That's hunting. The church is both. You're made up for both. Now I want to do something now that, that will just kind of lead us through a little exercise before we, uh, I wrap it up and go into communion. I want you to pull out your notes, if you don't have them out already, and there's those five um, ways, there are five places to catch a fish. And I'm going to, you can either close your eyes or you can, you know, have them open, but I want you to write down some names. And I want you to write down some ideas, some thoughts. What comes to mind when I, I lead us to pray through each five of these places? Lord, we ask that your, uh, your spirit would speak to each person in here, and you probably already have many times uh, given us direction on how to fish, who to fish for, where to fish. Sometimes we forget, sometimes we obey, and it's awesome. Bring to mind those people, bring to mind situations and occasions um, so that we'd be in line with you. So the first one, who comes to mind when we're talking about a creek? Who is in your life, closest in your life, that doesn't know Jesus yet? Write those names down. And then as you're doing that, you might have an idea of how you might approach them. And if you, if you feel God's leading you that way and that's clear direction, go with that. But you might say, I have tried everything and I still don't know how. God knows how to catch fish. God will give you direction. Then when it comes to your river, who's passing by you every day? Who are you passing by? Who might you connect with? Are you open to that? What would you say? Maybe someone comes to mind that you think, 
I should have a conversation with them. What fish are you after in the lake? Is there a subgroup? Is there a unique um, population that, that you're drawn to or you have maybe inroads to that you could connect with? That God uniquely placed you in. Then when it comes to the ocean, there's two ways this works. Where might God be sending you? Is there a place or a people? The ends of the earth that comes to mind that God's put on your heart. Go catch some fish there. We know also, though, being close to this university, the ends of the earth come here. Who might God put in your path who's come from such a long ways away that could be caught? And then last but not least, you can buy a fish. What organization, what missionary, um, like I said, supporting our church. We as a church work hard at equipping people to fish. Who can you support that are fishermen? Let me give a couple more parting words before we go into communion. This series is on trusting leadership. And the title today was um, Leaders Need to Be Friends with the Community. And that's having a heart for, having a mind, having an action where we care about people that don't know the Lord. So our leaders, this is as basic as I can make it, need to be fishing for people and need to be teaching people to fish. That's what we need to do. I need to be engaged with people, sharing God's good news in relationship with people, dangling the bait out there at the right time in the right place. I need to be doing that, and then I need to be teaching that. Our leaders need to do that. That's what we do. That's, that's the whole mission right there. That's what Jesus said. Hey, equip people, you know, equip the church, care for the church, and cast nets out there. And be wise about it. Another thought that comes to mind that has to be said when it comes to fishing. We don't actually save people. Only God can do that. So even though we're called to fish, we're called to be in the whole action. You don't actually get to go and put the fish on the hook. Does that make sense? Just so, so don't feel that burden that you have to do the saving of people. That's the Spirit's work. It's not your work, but He involves us. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to involve you. So you're involved in the whole process. You just don't have the responsibility nor the ability to do that. Here's some bumper sticker theology. A bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. <laughs> it's just this. You know what? The life that God calls us into is hard. Following Jesus is hard. Fishing is frustrating. The nets, the lines, all that stuff, it's hard. But it's better than life without God way better. A bad day fishing. They say that slogan because someone would rather be out in the boat getting sunburned, not catching a single fish. 
having to do mundane tasks that they don't really want to do. It's the same thing. So I want our heart um, to be excited about fishing. You know, when I, I first came to this church, we needed a lot of mending. We just did. There's been a lot of, of healing. There's been a lot of equipping. We spent, you know, two fall series on this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what it means to be all in. Okay, so we have that. I wouldn't say we have that down, but we need to spend some energy now. Let's go fishing. We're ready. God will bring people as we're ready to, to bring them into our church. And so we can get excited about this mending piece, and I am. You know I am. But if we just spend time mending, we're wasting our time. We're not doing what he's called us to do. Just like you don't spend your whole time fishing. Your gear gets messed up. You know, either you're messed up or you need to learn, you know, some more strategies. So we're going to be spending time series. Um, we're going to taste it some this spring, and we're going to spend a full, um, full effort this fall on calling us to fish, bringing people into our church to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I get excited about that. In fact, I wanted to preach on that because it's pretty, fishing's just more fun than fixing nets. just is. But God calls us to a rhythm. He calls us to both. And that's what we're about. So get excited about fishing. I will warn you, fishing is uncomfortable. Fishing will make our church look different and feel different. That stuff's all coming because we want to catch fish. We don't want to spook them. We want to invite them. We want to call them in. Let's pray. Father, um, I get excited when it comes to fishing. I don't think much about the work, the preparation, the difficulties. I think about the catching. So much fun. God, give us a vision of, as a church of even just one person coming to new life in you because you used us as a church. We'd love to see hundreds of people come to know you because we're being obedient fishing. We ask that in Christ's name. Amen. If our servers that come forward, we'll take communion. Um, the main point of communion is to remember Jesus and what he did, who he is. But also we want to remember our covenant. He's invited us to follow him. We say, we're going to follow you. And this is a covenant. This is an agreement that we have with Jesus to follow him. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.